I'm excited to share with you all that I've contributed a chapter to the newly published Anxiety Relief Handbook. The handbook provides a unique window into 11 highly effective complementary therapies for you to sample on your quest to ease anxiety. The ebook is available on my website, happynurse.com.au forward slash anxiety relief handbook. As soon as I stopped believing that I was worthy, that I um, deserved love, that I actually liked the way that I saw myself in the mirror and, you know, and started to find the beauty in myself and my inner self, amazing things happen. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience. I have first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgence to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Today I have Heidi Anderson joining me. How are you, Heidi? Hi, thanks for having me. I just said to you, my son literally woke up as soon as you pressed record. (laughs) So if you hear screaming or me trying to juggle holding a computer and talking to you and trying to get my son at the same time, it'll be very interesting for your listeners. It could be an interesting episode. The joys of motherhood. (laughs) I know, right? The full juggle. Yeah. We wear so many hats at once, don't we? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I'll just um, introduce you. A lot of the listeners will know who you are, the ones in Australia, I'm sure, but my podcast goes out to the UK as well. I love that. um, Heidi is currently enjoying mum life with her baby boy, Memphis, whilst writing a book, creating self-love workshops and sharing her life on her podcast, First Time Parents. Heidi has a background of 10 years in radio and has hosted breakfast shows on stations around Australia. Since courageously announcing she was suffering from anxiety on the radio, she's been working with other Australian celebrities to champion mental illness and body image causes. Heidi first came across my radar when she made this announcement on the radio. Many of my friends shared links to the show on their social media. I've been following Heidi on social media since, and I love how empowering she is to her followers whilst keeping things very real. It's so easy to resonate with your awesome content, Heidi, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's um, it, it it's crazy. Like when when you re- when people say stuff about me, I'm like, oh shit, is that me? <laughs> 
Oh my God. Cause you know, you're so uh, like, it's so hard to celebrate. And, you know, I think as the person that I am, I always am looking for what's the next thing that, you know, that's going to give me that excitement and stuff like that. So I know I've achieved a lot in 36 years. So um, when you actually hear it, you have to, I, I am, I'm like, oh, this is a moment that I really need to be grateful for. Yeah, definitely. Celebrate you. It's awesome what you've achieved. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. My pleasure. Um, I'm all about self-care and promoting self-care, as you yes. know, and that's the basis of this podcast. So I speak about having a non-negotiable in my self-care. Oh, yeah. What would be your non-negotiable? Oh, non-negotiables are massive. Literally just before I spoke to you, my non-negotiable is to do a meditation. And so this last couple of weeks I've launched, um, like I've stepped away from radio and I've launched a new course called Shed Your Shit. And I'm putting a lot of emotional energy into it and the whole creative side of it and everything like that. And so a big thing for me is to put myself first because I haven't I haven't for the last couple of weeks. And so today I did a, a, a just before I spoke to you, a, um, I was going to say a podcast, a meditation on gratitude. And then when I get up in the morning, because I do always get up at like 4, 4.30, still do breakfast radio hours because <laughs> I get work done before he wakes up, um, which we're going to go have to go in and get him in a minute. So I hope the listeners are ready for the scream. Um, but I always do a meditation as soon as I wake up as well. So um, yeah, that is a non-negotiable for me and movement for my mental health. That's awesome. And gratitude is so grounding and it just, it does keep us focused and keep us real and in the moment. Yeah, I know. And you know what, speaking of gratitude, the biggest thing for me that I think, I think when I was working in radio, I always was trying to find the next big thing. And, you know, I briefly mentioned that before, but I think for me having him, I have really had to sit in the moment and I was thinking about when I was doing my, I love his little burp there, when I was doing my um, gratitude meditation this morning, the thing I love the most, he doesn't usually wake up screaming often and he usually wakes up really happy and we smile and laugh and it was it's those moments, simple moments that I'm forever grateful for and he has changed my life and those moments for me are what I think sometimes, and, you know, having Corona and the pandemic and stuff, which is why you started this podcast. I think we forget sometimes to be in those beautiful, powerful moments. And, you know, he just literally melts my heart so many times a day. And I think oh, I'm so lucky. It's okay, Dylan. I'm so lucky, you know? Yeah. The, Kids are amazing for reminding you to be grateful. I always say as well, it's the simple moments in life. And I, I love that moment when my son comes running out of school at the end of the day and just the big smile on his face. He's so happy to see me. Yes. And it is, it's enjoying those special moments that it's like those MasterCard moments, isn't it? They call them. <laughs> Oh my God, so true. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just pulled my head so that I'd stop looking at you and look at him. So cute. <laughs> so smart, aren't they? And you know what? I listened to this podcast the other day and I reckon everyone should listen to it. It was with Oprah Winfrey. I love her podcast, Super Soul, even though I should be promoting ours and um, <laughs> That's okay, yeah. And yours. I mean, definitely keep downloading ours and yours. Yeah. Um, but also I go out and another thing that I do, like I said, is movement for my mind and that kind of thing. And so I really love to listen to 
powerful podcasts that give me some positivity and give me like a bit of, you know, something that maybe I haven't thought about. And the biggest thing that I've found and what you said then is what made me go, oh my God, I want to be a mum like that, is whenever your kid walks, make sure you see them. Um, No matter whether you're feeling like you've had a shitty day at work, you're watching TV, you're cooking dinner, you're talking to your other child, um, make sure you always see your child. Yeah. Someone said to me years ago, I think it was when I was at playgroup with my kids, and it's a tip, and I've always remembered it. When either of my boys give me a cuddle, I always let them finish the cuddle. I don't. I never finish it. I let them finish it so they know that I am there for them for as long as they need me to be. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah, it is, and I found it very powerful and very useful. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of things you learn as a parent, don't you, like that there's so many things, like I said, I didn't even think about that. But like, if you're, it's apparently for so many of us that why we get the issues is because we're not feeling seen or heard. And so therefore, the one thing that they say as a parent, whenever they come into the room, you know, see them, hear them. And now I'm going to introduce that as well, like be there for as long as they need and they choose the length of the cuddle. I love that. Yeah, it's. I found it very beneficial because they do. They go away feeling happy and satisfied. Yeah. Well, that's gratitude too, isn't it? Right there. Like I, I think you don't realize until. And you know, I, I guess there will be people listening to this that don't have children, don't want children, and all that kind of thing. But for me, one of the most powerful things I remember my mum always saying to me was, she she always kept saying to me you just don't know until you have it hides, she said, and I promise you it'll be the best thing that ever happens to you and, and, and they'll change your life. And I was married to my radio show, which also gave me the worst anxiety in the world. Um, and now since I've left, my anxiety has been a million times better. I still get overwhelmed and stressed, but I now go, oh, I get it. And I never really understood my mum's relationship with my brother either until I had um, Memphis. And I always thought that he was spoiled and he was the favourite one. And, you know, I always had that issue of, Mum loves Nick more than me. <laughs> and um, I'm sure I've spoke to my psych about it 5,000 times. But now I get my mum's relationship with my brother. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've got a special relationship with boys, don't you? It's, yeah. Yes. It's and I never, I can, now I can say that and I can completely understand the connection that my brother has with my mum. But I never, I just didn't even imagine that, like, even when I was pregnant, I couldn't even comprehend that, you know, and I didn't know I was having a boy then, by the way, but um, he was a surprise, but I, yeah, now I get it. And this is the thing he keeps, I'm, I'm trying to breastfeed him as well here, but um, he's so interested in our conversation and checking you out. He's um, suck, suck, suck for two seconds. And <laughs> he's out on the computer screen. He's at that gorgeous age. The world's just full of wonder and amazement, isn't it? And another thing, actually, speaking of self-care and all that kind of stuff, that just made me realise is like, I think too, when you watch children, their emotions and everything are so fleeting. So they don't hold on to stuff. They let go really easily. When you're born, you're born with peace and love and that's it. None of this, all this bullshit crap that, you know, beliefs and all this stuff that, you know, well, half of us are fucked up from. <laughs> um, so come in as these beautiful clean slates and then we just take on everyone else's influences because we are yeah. sponges, you know, it's... There's not a manual for this. We learn as we go. And yeah. yeah. And uh, I think, yeah, for me, like I said, one of the things that I've actually loved in, because, you know, I think being an anxious person, you find it hard to let go sometimes. Yeah. 
I created a model of self-care and I broke it down into five aspects. So these aspects are mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgent self-care. So I class the indulgent self-care as what most people class self-care as, you know, the bubble bath, the day spa. Yes. It doesn't have to be expensive stuff. You know, I love getting lost in a book with a cup of tea or anything simple, something that brings me joy. So what would be your idea of indulgent self-care? Oh, indulgent self-care. I've actually booked in for that tomorrow. Um, And I said to Griffo, because he'd been um, working away for the last week, I said to him, I need to just go for a massage and um, a float. And I used to float when... um, I before I was pregnant and then I tried to float a couple of times when I was pregnant and I love 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 that and when I was pregnant it made me really sick so I'm really excited tomorrow I'm doing float and I'm also doing um, a massage and I couldn't like be more excited that's awesome I actually floated last week for the first time in ages I haven't done it for so long and it was just so amazing I just love doing it Oh, it's so good for your mental health. And a lot of people go, oh, I can't sit in there for an hour and not do anything. And, you know, and I'm like, but that's the whole point. You've got to sit in the uncomfortable. And I know for me, the first couple of times my mind was racing like crazy. And obviously I think I've had a lot going on. If you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try, why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. I studied NLP years ago and that was a game changer for me because I then realized just what is going on, especially in the marketing world. Yes. Yeah, it's it's massive and if people don't know what that is like it is a um i think with nlp it's quite um i don't want to say like it's simple for a lot of people to understand isn't it the way that they coach and teach it um because i know a lot of people and if you do the thing is right i didn't realize so i had a lot of thoughts around my anxiety and the way that i saw myself and my body image and it wasn't until i started to open up and talk about these thoughts that i was having in my head that i realized that other people had them as well. And what I also realised that was so many of them were fed to me through society, like we talked about through industries, magazines, or you know, and now hugely social media. Um, and what I didn't realise is that happened to other people and so that forms their beliefs and that's why sometimes the thoughts that I have about myself, they're being verified. But what I teach in Shed Your Shit is all about shedding that emotional baggage and not believing those lies. As soon as I stopped believing that I was worthy, that I um, deserved love, that I actually liked the way that I saw myself in the mirror and, you know, and started to find the beauty in myself and my inner self, well, amazing things happen. Just shit just fell away, you know, and I changed my life and my mindset became, you know, clearer. I wasn't spending all that time just, stuck in my own head, in my own thoughts on the merry-go-round, which is what I felt like for so long. And a lot of people thought, oh, my God, I thought this girl was so confident. And I wasn't. It was all, you know, like I was confident when I was drunk. I was confident if a guy was, if I was having sex with a guy, I was confident if I was taking drugs because I was wearing a mask and I was enhancing, you know, something that I didn't really have. And so... I think for me, the last 10 years of all the self-love and self-care and understanding that ego and inner critic and mean girl has 
made me able, I guess, be able to take care of myself and love myself and not focus on what I weigh. Um, you know, I chucked scales out years ago. Um, I don't focus on what I look like. Who gives a shit? Like, I don't wear makeup ever. Like, <laughs> now, but, you know, like, there would have been me years ago. I didn't even leave the house without my thick black eyeliner on. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like, dressed to the nines. But now I just, I couldn't give two shits because... Well, for me, what I believe is that the inner person is so much more beautiful than, you know, and the thing is as well, like we get one life, we get one body. And so I don't want to fight it anymore. Have you read um, Lost Connections by Johan Harry? No. What's that about? Right, this is an awesome book and he's a journalist. I think he's from the UK and he believes that the high incidence of anxiety and depression is all down to the fact that we've become so disconnected as a society. And it, you're making me think of it as I'm listening to you speak because he speaks about how all these industries have sold us these what he calls junk food values. So it's all these things that we think we should be valuing and making important in our lives, but they're actually so far removed from our own core values that we then come out of alignment with them. And that's where all this anxiety and depression comes from because we're just completely misaligned with what is truly important to us. And it is, it's that connection and that feeling of worthiness and loving ourselves and, yeah, enjoying the small things in life instead of externalizing our happiness and putting it on something or someone else. Yeah, and like I totally agree with what his book. I think I'll have to read that. I'll definitely have to get that because I think for me, like that's one of the biggest things. Like we hear people say all the time, "Oh, I'll be happy when I lose ten kilos," or "I'll be happy when I, um, you know, get that job promotion," or "I'll be happy when I get the house," "I'll be happy when." you know, I do this, I do that when I buy those pair of jeans. Like, you can be happy now. Yeah, totally. Whatever shape, size, whatever you are, you can be happy because it doesn't fucking matter. Like, it doesn't matter. The scales don't define you. You know, the size that you wear doesn't define you. The way that you look doesn't define you. Hey, if you want to get a nose job and, you know, that has been something that you believe will make you happy, then, okay, go for it. Do you know what I mean? I'm not against people changing themselves yeah. but what I want people to realize is that they they don't have to that the inner work is what needs to happen you know for you to find that inner peace and happiness that I think that we spoke about with like you know that with babies yeah. that we're all born with. yeah it's it is it all comes back to being happy with yourself and who you and it is it's undoing all that years and years and years of programming I was chatting to a friend who's a coach the other day and I was saying to her you know I got divorced four years ago and next week it'll be 10 years since I moved to Australia because I'm obviously originally from Scotland and for the that whole time that I was married I was incredibly homesick and I would go home every six to eight months because I just couldn't cope over here anyway I when I became single I am um, suddenly wasn't homesick anymore and I I've made the realization that over the like first couple of years of being on my own I suddenly found out who I was again I started peeling off all those masks you know I didn't have to be what I thought I had to be to be a wife to be a daughter to be a mom and 
I've reconnected with who Elena is and it's so bloody powerful and I'm just so happy in myself but it is a massive process but it's it's so worth doing though because when you come out the other end life just is so much more fulfilling and happy and you're just content oh my god I love that so much and like that is so powerful just saying that you know like because for so many of us we don't realize that that you know and they and they do say like um yeah all of the answers you have within you too and I think that's it is hard work and I think that's what I kind of say to people in especially who do my um shed your shit like we're in the middle of four weeks at the moment and I did a free 10-day shed your shit challenge and it was literally just introducing self-care stuff self-love also talking about the inner voices um and so many people quit and you know because it was hard and like and the thing is I'm like it's not that hard to do self-care and all that a little bit a day but it is because we're not connecting with ourselves and we're spending so many time so much time going like in our heads like what's the next thing oh what's the future hold blah 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 blah, blah. or in the past shit what have I said to someone da, 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 like you know and so we're not living in the moment and I think that's the the one of the beautiful things when you start to do the self work that you that you talk about and, and you know pulling back the layers you actually realize that it is the really simple things in life and the really small things, your inner beauty that just make you happy. Yeah, totally. It, it, it is a process, but I think a lot of people struggle with it because we're always looking for that validation. And when you're looking yeah. after yourself, you're not getting that validation because yeah. you're conditioned to not validate yourself and not believe in your worth. So it is very confronting and it does trigger a lot of people. Oh my God, a hundred percent. And you know, validation is massive for me. And that's something that I've had to really work on, especially um, through working in the public eye and going on shows like Big Brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, validation for me was a is a is a massive thing and something that I've still got to work through now, I think, like having left radio and I identified with that radio show and that was obviously validation and then also social media being validated from socials and stuff like that. Like, oh God, you know, with likes and all this kind of stuff, it can be a really horrible hole to get into. And I think that is if we all realise, and I think it was that whole um, thing that we spoke about at the start, being seen and being heard, that doesn't happen with with you as a parent to your children. That is when they seek validation. Yeah, as adults, because they're constantly looking for it because they didn't get it when they're kids. Yeah, which I was like, wow, fascinating stuff. Like, and, you know, I don't blame, I don't know, because, you know, I think when you do this kind of work, you obviously delve into your past and stuff with your parents and all that kind of thing too. And I'm like, I'm really close to my mum and dad, especially now more than ever with Memphis. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to see them because of the borders being closed and stuff, which is really hard with a new baby. But like, I don't blame them for anything. I think they did their best and now I kind of know that. Like, I think there's obviously they could have chose to do things do do things different ways. But, hey, they're on their own journey, you know. And I had a good childhood. Like, my parents were both really hard workers. And if anything, they have instilled in me that I could be whoever I wanted to be. No judgment. And to live and to go off and enjoy life. And, you know, as a parent, that's all I want for Memphis is that he chose me 
not to, you know, box him in, but to show him the world and for him to become his own person. Yeah. And that's the thing. We're all doing the best we can with what we know. And if you don't know any different, you can't do any different. So Exactly. And yeah, I don't think you can blame your parents for anything really. They are doing the best they can with what they know yeah, and I guess it really depends on the like what you've gone through, hasn't it? Like because, you know, like some stuff that I hear from some of my friends that their parents say to them, I'm like, what? They're not supposed to say that. They're your mum and dad. And they're like, you know, oh, yeah, mum calls me fat and this and that. I'm like, what? No. So I'm lucky and grateful that I never, like my parents never brought up my weight even when I, um, you know, had eating disorder, like I binge ate and then when I, um, you know, was anorexic and all that kind of stuff, they never, ever told me that I was fat. They never, ever told me that I was overweight. They only ever tried to support me and they loved me unconditionally and you know for that I'm forever grateful that's beautiful like as a parent myself that's what I want to do to my children you know I lost my mom when I was 18 she died in a car crash so she suddenly she was my best friend and suddenly she was gone and that really changed my outlook on life and made me realize just how short life is and that you you only get one chance. You've got to, to grab it with everything yeah. you've got and just enjoy every moment. Oh, my God, 100%. And, you know, and that is, I think, like they do say to some people, they don't change their lives or they don't change their mindset and everything until something really bad happens. And, you know, whether it's like death or, you know, a cancer diagnosis or something like that. And I guess for me, what I want people to realise is, that exactly like what you said with your mum, like tomorrow isn't guaranteed. All we have is today. And I think that's where I struggle a little bit with everything that's going on with the pandemic is because I know that that's how I am living to in the moment. And so for me, I don't know when I'm going to see my mum and dad again because tomorrow isn't guaranteed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm and exactly so- the same because all my family's in Scotland. I'm the only one here. And of course, I don't know when I'm going to be able to go back and see them. So. It's And, you know, I think about all these because I know like how lucky I am that my mum and dad got to spend all this time with Memph when he was first born. They spent a heap of time over here in Western Australia because they live in New South Wales. And um, I know that I'm so grateful for that because I think if I was giving birth now this year in September, they wouldn't be here. Yeah, exactly. And nothing that I could do about it. And, you know, and I my heart just aches for all of these new parents and expected parents that don't have their, that are cut off from their family and friends right now. And I'm just thinking of them. And that's kind of why, um, you know, Edwina Bartholomew and I set up Stay Home Mums on Instagram, which is a virtual mums group, which we are loving. And we have so many experts that join us on there and it just blew up. We started at the start of COVID and now it's gone nuts. It's got like just under 16,000 people on Insta and 6,000 on Facebook. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Good on you. Yeah. So, and it's just, and we have like experts on like today, um, it's, I've just got a message coming up now. So we've got a doctor on today who's just doing a and a So we have heaps of Instagram lives and it's just to keep everyone connected through this crazy time. And when it was really hectic, I mean, I know it's really hectic again in Melbourne at the moment um, in Victoria, but when it was really hectic throughout the whole of Australia, we were doing something every single day. So it was, it's kind of like your virtual mums group. And we've got like free antenatal classes on there every Monday. Um, We have, like I said, all different experts that join us and offer 
um, support and stuff for new parents and um, specifically mums. So, yeah. That's beautiful. What an awesome thing to do. I'll put the yeah. um, the links to it in the show notes oh, so people awesome. Thank um, you. Yeah. jump on board if they want to. Yeah, I'll check it out myself. Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah I'd love to. Yeah, that's awesome. Yay. Aww. And it all comes back to like what you were just saying about being grateful that your parents were around when Memphis was born. It comes back to that gratitude, what we were speaking about right at the start of the show. You know, it's being grateful for those micro moments and those small moments. And, and it is often the simple things in life. It's that connection with family and loved ones and just enjoying each other's company. Oh, 100%. And, you know, we're so lucky that we have the most amazing thing for me is watching him like so I try and FaceTime my mum and dad every day like on the computer how I'm talking to you now and he gets as soon as he hears the ringtone he goes and jumps and like does a little jump up and down obviously he's not standing up but like you know his bum goes up and down and it's the ringtone and then I say oh it's your favorite tv show oh that's gorgeous (laughs) and then mum and dad like pop up and then mum always puts all the different you know like funny faces on because you know I think sometimes like it can get a bit hard like trying to talk to someone every day when there's nothing changing right but for us, it's just about them being able to be a part of Memphis's day every day. And so the other night I was like, oh, well, why don't you be part of his bedtime routine? And so he had a bath and they came, like we called them just before his bath. They jumped on FaceTime on the computer and they sat there. Dad was eating dinner and mum sat next to him and they just followed us around while he did his bedtime routine. So they came to the bath and then we did bedtime stories and yeah, so it was really, really nice. That's gorgeous. And it's so awesome. We've got this technology to do this at the moment, you know. And like if, you know, and that's what I think, like my nan, she lived through, you know, all of the wars and the Great Depression and everything. And I know that this is going to be pretty fucked for us and it already has been. Um, But I just think like, you know, she didn't have any of this to stay connected, like with loved ones and that kind of thing. And, you know, we're living in a time that we can still stay connected as much as, you know, we say like, I say like preach, have time off social media, turn your phone off, this and that. Like, you know, I make sure I do, um, you know, a few times a week have time off my phone, like I'll turn it off or whatever. Um, It's an amazing, powerful thing that we get, you know, like even now just us recording this, like we can see each other. Yeah, totally. And we can do this without having to go to a studio and sit there. Yeah. Yeah, we can just do it at our convenience when it suits us both around our busy lives. And, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. When our child is supposed to be asleep. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I locked it in at this time. And then a little menace was I've got other I've got other ideas. <laughs> and he's just throwing and this is his new thing. He just I mean, obviously people listening to the podcast can't see this. So, you know, you'd think having done radio that I'd be better at this, but he picks up the remote control and then he just slams it on the ground and just thinks it's like such a fun game. Oh, they're so like, cute. And it's the simple things at that age. Yeah. Oh. No matter you fight over who's getting the Xbox first when they come home from school. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. See, that's all of this stuff that I have to look forward to. Yeah, you've got heaps of time. Don't worry. Just enjoy them at that age. I remember after I had my second one, I knew I wasn't going to have any more. And I remember he, he was maybe Memphis's age, a bit younger, and he would yeah. still get up in the night for a feed. 
And long after he'd finished feeding, I would sit there and just hold him and cuddle him and cuddle him and cuddle him. And he'd be sound asleep, but I just would sit there in that moment because it was so special. And I thought, there's going to be one night soon that I'm not going to get to do this. Yes. And yeah, I still treasure those moments. And he's he's going to be eight next month. So. Oh, my God. Oh, and like, you know, and that's so interesting that you say that because I know someone said that. They're like, enjoy it because... The days are long, but the years are short. Very. And then now I look back and I think, oh, I wish I embraced those baby cuddles more. But the thing is, they don't tell you how bad the sleep deprivation can be. And it's a killer. And, you know, now I know why they use it as a torture. (laughs) I'm hopeless without sleep. And I mean, I've been a nurse for 20 years. I haven't done night shift since I was a student nurse because I just can't cope with lack of sleep so yeah newborn babies and me I was very lucky in that my um, their dad my ex-husband he was very very hands-on and he would get up in the night and I bottle fed my kids I couldn't breastfeed either and he would get up and give them a bottle so that I could get rest so I could function during the day because yeah I'm just horrendous and I see why it's torture my god 100 percent, and it's a massive trigger for anxiety massive and you know for me I was exactly the same I was lucky that I had Griffo who was really hands-on as well um and I just can't even imagine being you know these mums that do it a single like fuck, I just take my hat off to I just have a whole new respect for any parent now <laughs> any parent I mean obviously parents of more than one children you have so much more respect but um, because I'm like, whoa, just having one kid, like there's so much respect there. Like I think you just don't even realise. But I'm lucky that I had Griffo, but I still just remember it. Like uh, there was a lot of pressure I put on myself with breastfeeding. And if you don't want to do it or you can't do it, that is okay because a fed baby is a fed baby. Yeah. Bottle, boob, cup, whatever, however you feed your baby, that's, you know, that's your journey. And I think that we shouldn't put so much pressure on Oh, but there's a whole, that's a whole other. Yeah, totally. That's a whole show in itself. (laughs) That's a whole can of worms there. (laughs) I'll leave that to you on your first time parents podcast. That's what we've talked about that. I've talked, we've talked about a lot of stuff actually, because we started recording it from the first week he was born. So yeah, I listened to that episode actually. Yeah. Oh, did you? Well, and I look back now and I think when we first started recording it, obviously it was, like to be a documentation, but because I had worked in radio, I had all these pressures in my head that I was like, got to do this and blah, 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 in my head. So I feel like I haven't really relaxed. Like, don't get me wrong, our podcast has gone really well. We've had an amazing cult following and stuff. But for me, I feel like Griffo and I are really settled into it now. Our connection and chemistry, um, we have conversations that people are sometimes too afraid to have in relationships. We'll have them on the podcast. We talk really brutally, honestly, about what it's like as first-time parents. Like he's definitely struggled um, with the connection side of things and balance with his job and um, you know and losing his identity and you know and me too um, we've, we've, we talk like nothing is off limits and the deal is we have to record it every week that's the rule um, until his first birthday and then we decide what we do then that's so, so awesome and I love how open and honest you are because the reality is most first-time parents are going through exactly what you're experiencing. Yeah. And it's that whole shame and guilt around it all and feeling like you're not good enough. And you and Griff sharing like you are, it's very empowering. And it's that whole, it's the power of that me too, you know, people realizing that it's not just them, they're not on their own. 
yeah yeah it's incredible such yeah and I think well even for us though like what we say Elena is like as much as it's you know and I think that was one of our things is like we wanted to document it for us and we wanted and then we saw like oh my god heaps of people are like oh we're not alone but also we're not alone either yeah like people message us and you know we love that and let us know what they think and tell us what they're going through and we've got the Facebook group the private Facebook group where lots of people share and stuff and we're like oh my god we're not alone either and I think that's what's kind of nice about us doing it and look there's some people that um, don't love our brutal honesty and openness and that kind of thing but you can't be everyone's cup of tea either and that's one thing that I've realized in radio but also like I don't like everyone in life either but it doesn't mean that I'm mean to them it yeah. means that I just and that's what I want to teach Memphis as well you don't have to love everyone you don't have to like everyone but you have to be kind and show kindness because that's how the, you'll make the world a better place. But I don't ever want to force him to like someone or something. And I think, you know, that's the same with us. Like you'll tune in and you'll like it or you won't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. And it is, and it's just, as you said, it's special with the kids, teaching them to be kind. Kindness always yeah. wins, doesn't it? Yeah, You exactly. aren't everyone's cup of tea. It'd be boring if you were because, you know, we, we're all yeah, different shades of grey. Yeah, they're all... So unique in our own individual ways and you know that's what I I just yeah I really just wish that people would get that you know like that it's okay to be different yeah and that you want to be like do you know what I mean like that's but just show kindness yeah, yeah I always say well, <laughs> <laughs> I always say we should be offering ourselves the same compassion that we freely give to others especially as nurses Yes. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. I feel like nurses are the worst, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> One of my best friends is a nurse and she is like so kind and caring and, you know, and everything. And then when, um, she is with everyone else like she once she doesn't look after herself she's like a, the one of the wildest women I've ever met um and I mean look I'm I'm pretty wild too back in the day yeah. but um you know she she doesn't and then like you know even when she's sick she's like toughen up and this and that and I'm like but hang on you show all these people this love and kindness when they're sick like why can't you show that to yourself yeah and I think it's something that as nurses we're all guilty of and, yeah. and it is it's turning it around and offering ourselves that same compassion because yeah. we can't pour from an empty cup and if we're going to work depleted and not looking after ourselves we're not offering our patients the best care that we can so yeah 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 I that actually leads in beautifully to my last question I always oh, say yeah. if we're looking after ourselves and turning up and trying to be the best version of ourselves we're offering our patients a much higher level of care who or what inspires you to be the best version of yourself um I think myself you know and I don't mean that in like that egotistical like I'm so inspiring but I think the only way that I could do that is to be inspired by my routine and you know my self-care practice and my mindset practice and my self-love practice by doing that, what, how I fill my cup up and, you know, like inspire myself is through my self-care and self-love practices, right? And that entails listening to podcasts, which like we talked about, that can fill up my mind in positive different ways. And same with like, you know, I'll go for a walk after this and also like watching powerful things on YouTube or following really powerful people on, um, on Instagram and stuff that have really 
awesome things to say that resonate with me. So I think that's why they obviously inspire me. And But for me, I wouldn't be able to be inspired by them if I wasn't myself driven and inspired by every day to do that, you know? Yeah, you've got your own back. You're always encouraging yourself. And I think that so many of us don't and, like, we need to and that's the thing because really, and this is fucked that I'm going to say this, but we really do only have ourselves. We come into the world, well, I guess, like, you know, with your mum, like, but you leave the world alone, right? And oh, that as a whole nother basket for another day because I fucking ha- I hate talking about death. I'm so I still got to work through that with my psychologist. Yeah. Um, and but it, you know, like so we need to like, and you know, it's the same as I say to my friends, like when you know I've got all of this stuff going on, right? Like that I'm trying to celebrate my things, and people are like, oh, you're doing so well. You're celebrating so many things on social media that you're doing so many cool things. I'm like, yeah, well, no one else is going to celebrate me if I don't celebrate myself. Exactly, so, you got to celebrate yourself, and not yeah. in an egotistical way either. It's it's just encouraging yourself and acknowledging yourself that you have yeah. achieved these things. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, it's okay to be like that. It's okay to celebrate. It's been awesome chatting to you. Thank you oh, so much, thanks, Heidi. Thanks so much for having me. And to you all, because I know that you have a um, awesome, you know, like listeners of uh, nurses and everyone in healthcare and stuff. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you guys do for us, because I think that for so many of you, it is an industry that isn't thanked enough for all the fucking awesome work that you guys do and and keep us alive. And I think sometimes it's taken for granted, especially with your pay packets. I know that. So um, thank you. I'm sure all the listeners will love that. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon and in the meantime remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others. I'm excited to share with you all that I've contributed a chapter to the newly published Anxiety Relief Handbook. The handbook provides a unique window into 11 highly effective complementary therapies for you to sample on your quest to ease anxiety. The ebook is available on my website, happynurse.com.au forward slash anxiety relief handbook.